0: Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. It's easy to forget what being a Christian is all about. Today, Robert Quintana offers two simple steps you can take to regain focus and get back on track. And his message, Reclaiming Your First Love. You know, some of you might relate with what I'm about to say but how many of you think that at times you have ADD? It's easy to lose focus. Some raise their hands a little higher than others. <laughs> but sometimes it's easy to lose focus, isn't it? And sometimes we lose focus on the most trivial things. Sometimes I'm reading a book and my mind starts to wander. And next thing I know, I'm saying to myself, what have I just read? And I find myself having to go two, three paragraphs back to just catch up to where I am. Sometimes it's easy to lose focus. We start a project all enthusiastically, only to lose focus and put the project aside. I know, I know there are unfinished Photo albums in your home. You start some projects like uh, scrapbooking, and you get all the material. You know, you go to Michael's, you go to Hobby Lobby, and you buy all the materials, and you get home, and you're going to put a fabulous scrapbook together of whatever vacation it was that you were on. And uh, halfway through that project, you just lose focus, and you put that project in the closet. And you're just two years later. And it's sometimes easy to lose focus, isn't it? I remember when I was in school, man, first semester, first quarter, straight A's. But man, something happened to me halfway through the school where if the teacher wasn't interesting or if I just wasn't, you know, with the subject and I thought to myself, man, this is boring. How in the world am I ever going to use this? My grades just started kind of going down and, you know, I was lucky if, if, the, if the year ended with a B. Sometimes they dip down into the sea. But Sometimes it's easy for us to lose focus. And sometimes we lose focus on, on trivial things, on, you know, things that really don't matter. Unfortunately, sometimes we lose focus on more important things in life. Sometimes we lose Focus and we find ourselves looking back and thinking, man, whatever happened to me? I used to be focused. I remember that when I first got that job, I was all enthusiastic about it and I had focus. I was going to make it all the way to the top. I was going to get promotions. And now I'm just in a rut and I go to work and I don't care. And you kind of lose focus of some of the goals that we sometimes set in life. Sometimes we lose focus in important things. Like family. You look back and you think, man, I used to be more attentive. Um, I used to be more um, complimentary. I used to spend more time with my kids. And I've just kind of lost track. I've just kind of lost focus. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we just lose focus on our spiritual journey, on our spiritual walk. You know, we look back and we think, man, I remember there was a time in my life when I used to get up and read the Word of God every day. I used to spend time in prayer every day, and something's happened. I've just kind of lost focus. And if you look at the greater scheme of things, sometimes churches seem to lose focus. And as I look across the Christian landscape, I can't help but to think that the Christian community has lost its focus. You know, a survey just came out just the other day that says close to 80% of Americans claim to be Christian. 80% claim to be Christians, and yet I go to the grocery store. I'll go to a stadium for a football game and it's hard for me to pick out nine out of ten people that I think are Christian. We lose focus. We lose focus on the things that are really important in life. Sometimes we lose focus on little things, menial things. But sometimes, unfortunately, we lose focus on important things. Today's message is how can we regain that focus? I want to share with you two very simple principles that can help you refocus. Now, these two principles you can apply to any area of your life. You can say, you know what? I've lost focus in my workout. Because sometimes we start and we're focused. We're going to work out every day. And then a few years later and a few pounds later, you think, what happened? I lost focus. I want to share with you these two principles. These two principles can apply to any area of your life. If there's an area in your life that you think or you feel needs focus, Focus. you can apply these two principles to your life, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's relationship, whether it's work or education, or whether it's health, or whether it's just getting through that project that's been sitting at home. Whatever it is, you can apply these two principles, and it'll help you refocus and hopefully get the job done. Now, While these two principles can be applied to any area of your life, I want us today to particularly pay attention as to how it can improve our Christian journey. How it can improve our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, that's the most important thing in our lives. So you take these two principles, and if you're someone here today or listening on the radio who says, man, I've just kind of lost focus. I've lost track. There was a time in life where my faith was strong. There was a time in life when I was involved in church. There was a time in life where I wasn't afraid to pull someone aside and pray with them and ask them, is there anything that I can help? I want you to think about these two principles and how you can apply these two principles to your spiritual journey. Because I believe that if we apply these two principles, it will help us to refocus. And so the first principle that I want to share with you, the first very simple, easy, you're going to think, man, those are pretty simple principles. But sometimes it's easier said than done. But it's be wise of us here today to remember these principles two principles principle number 1 set a goal in order not to lose focus or in order to reclaim your focus it's important that you set a goal and you say to yourself this is what i want to accomplish This is what I want to do. This is my goal. This is what I want to reach. This is what I want to become. This is who I want to be. My goal might be, I am going to start reading the word of God from 7 to 7.15 every morning. And that is going to be my goal. And then I'm going to spend from 7.15 to 7.30 in prayer. Your goal might sound something like I am going to set it my goal to spend on two occasion two hours with my children. And that's all I'm going to do. If you have that that month and you're going to say within this month I'm going to take two two hour periods and I'm just going to spend it with the kids. I'm going to turn everything off. I'm going to block that time out of my schedule and I'm going to set that as my goal. Your goal might sound something like I am setting a goal that we are going to have a date night and I'm going to take my spouse out to eat or we're just going to stay home that evening. That is going to be my goal. My goal is that every Friday morning I'm going to write thank you cards to people that are important in my life. See, I don't know what those goals might be, but if you want to refocus or if you want to stay focused, it is important that you have goals, that you have a goal in life. And so now let me ask you a question. As Christians, what is our ultimate goal? What is our ultimate goal? As Christians, what is our ultimate goal? I'm sorry? Go to heaven. Reach heaven, uh, but that time when Christ gives us that crown of righteousness, right? That is our goal. Now I'm going to challenge that, because I think that that goal is only reached by having an even greater goal in life. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Second Timothy. 2 Timothy. As Christians, what should be our goal? How can we stay focused? 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Here it is, that ultimate goal. And it says... Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. There is that goal, right? That goal of heaven. That goal that says, you know what? There is a day coming, a day that is soon on the horizon, where we will be given a crown of righteousness because of the life and righteous acts of Jesus Christ and because of his death on the cross and because of the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives, there is a goal that's been set before us that someday we will receive a crown of righteousness. Now that is an awesome goal to have. But I want to challenge you here today. That that really should not be the goal that is before us day by day. Yes, it's important to have that big perspective because that is a perspective that the Bible gives us, that Jesus teaches us. It is a a grand perspective, but I think that sometimes in having that grand perspective, we lose sight of a more important goal that Christians should have. You see, because Jesus spent much time talking about the kingdom of God is at hand. And he talked about this great plan that heaven is is a reality and that God is going to come back. But the majority of the time Jesus spent saying the kingdom of God is like dot, dot, dot. Yeah, there were times when he said the kingdom of God is at hand. But the majority of the time he spent teaching us, the kingdom of God is like, and then he would give a parable. You see, because the goal of every Christian should be, how can I love and serve my neighbor? And when you look at the Christian landscape, you may look at your own life. Doesn't it seem as though we've lost focus like like we've lost the true meaning of what it means to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're so consumed with materialism and with greed and with acquiring stuff and the go, 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 go that we've lost sight, we've lost focus of what our real purpose, of what our real goal ought to be. And you know, Paul here does say That about our goal being heaven that someday we're going to receive that righteous crown. But listen to what he says just before that. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 6, he says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight he says i have finished the race i have kept the faith you see because everything leading up to the point where he felt my departure is near everything leading up to that point he had been living a life that said how can i serve and how can i love unconditionally those who are around me those that god has placed in my sphere of influence That was his purpose. That was his goal. And his prayer wasn't so much, oh God, I want to be in heaven, which I'm sure it was. But his day-to-day prayer was, God, how can I serve you? How can I honor you? How can I serve my brother? How can I reach out to them? How can I love them unconditionally? And when we look at the life of Christ, we see That in his life, he modeled this very thing. That his day-to-day goal as a Christian, so to speak, was how can I heal today? How can I bring comfort today? You see, sometimes I think that we think of heaven so much. And the, the problem with that is that heaven really is kind of this, it's this huge concept. The Bible tells us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. The heart of man cannot imagine what he's prepared for us. So really what we're trying to imagine this concept, and it's so big, so big, and we focus so much on that that we neglect the real goal, the real role of a Christian, which is to treat one another with unconditional love to treat one another with patience, to treat one another with forgiveness and grace and and mercy and everything that Christ taught us and showed us. Have you ever heard this saying, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good? Have you ever heard that saying? Has, Has anyone here ever met someone who's so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good? Yeah, they're ready to tell someone about the kingdom, but they're not living the kingdom. And you see, if you feel in your spiritual journey as though you have lost focus, I am telling you that what will help you refocus is to have a goal in life that sounds a little something like this. Father God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, help me to see people Through your eyes. When you have that goal as a Christian, you're going to see your Christian journey begin to focus. It's going to become a lot clearer what it is that God wants for you. You want to refocus? It's important that we set goals. And in the context of our spiritual journey, it is important that we set a goal that says, how can I love and serve like you? The second thing that's important, if we are to refocus, if we are to get our minds back on track, the second principle, which again is a very simple one, is we need to have the right attitude. Amen. We need to have the right attitude. In other words, we have to have a never say never attitude. An attitude that says, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to turn back. I have set a goal, and through the power of the Spirit, I'm going to achieve that goal. I'm going to make it all the way to the very end. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. Listen to what it says here, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance. Some versions might say with patience. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We might need an attitude adjustment. We need to run the race with endurance. We need to have a never-say-never attitude. An attitude that says, I am not going to give up. I am going to press on, and I am going to stand in this moment in time, and I don't care what comes my way. I am going to press on, and I am going to finish the race that's been set before me. I am going to reach the goals that I have set for myself. I am going to reach the goals that God has given me to reach. And so you want to refocus? Are there areas in your life that you feel are off track or, you know, that, that you haven't um, been attentive to and you want to refocus in those areas of life? Especially your Christian journey. You need to have goals. You need to set those goals before you. It's very important. And yes, I understand that our ultimate goal is heaven, but listen, if you can view heaven as just a cherry on top, it's just what happens as you set day-to-day goals, and those day-to-day goals as a Christian should be, how can I serve and how can I love one another as Christ has loved us? There's another passage that I'd like to share with you in, in reference to that point. It's found in First Peter, if you turn with me to First Peter chapter four. 1 Peter chapter four verse seven. First Peter chapter four verse seven. He says here, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. In other words, listen the end is near. That goal that we're, that we're striving for, that goal of heaven is near. But listen to what he says in verse eight. And above all, in other words, this is more important than anything else. And above all, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so you want to refocus, you want your life back on track, particularly your spiritual journey, you need to set some goals. And those goals, like I said, might sound like I'm going to get involved Somehow, some way, I'm going to get involved in some ministry, one way or the other, and I'm going to have an attitude that says I'm never going to quit until I get involved. And if I call the church and leave a message and they don't call me back, I'm going to call again. Why? Because I have a goal and I have an attitude that says I'm not going to quit. And God might be placing in your mind He might be placing a vision that says, you know, we need to do something in downtown Frederick. And so you have this goal where you are now setting a God, there's a God-given goal in front of you. And you might start contacting city officials to have this here and open this there and and you're hitting walls. The attitude says, you know what, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to press on. I'm going to persevere. If you apply these two principles, you will see that your life will find focus once again. You know, it's interesting when you look at athletes who are successful and athletes who fail. They, athletes that are successful, they set goals, right? I'm going to win a gold medal. Some are so ambitious that they say, I'm going to win More gold medals than in the history of anyone else. They've set those goals. And those athletes that set those kinds of goals. Tell me, what kind of attitude do they have? They have an attitude that says, I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to give up. And they might get beat in the pool today. But guess what? Tomorrow, they're back in the pool practicing. Why? Because I have a goal. And I have an attitude that says, I am not going to give up. If you apply these two principles to your life, I am telling you, you will have focus. You will have the focus that you want. I remember a couple months ago, I had an opportunity to meet up with some college buddies of mine in uh, Durango, Colorado. And our goal was to summit Wyndham Peak. Now, Wyndham Peak is a little bit uh, over 14,000 feet in elevation. Uh, To put things in perspective, Braddock Mountain is like 986 feet, I think. So here we're trying to summit Wyndham, just over 14,000 feet. We had a goal, and we got up early in the morning around 6 o'clock to try and summit Wyndham by noontime, because, you know, by, by noontime, one, two, you don't want to get caught in those afternoon showers in the Rockies. And so we get up at six, and we were determined. We had an attitude that said, we're going to make it to the top of Wyndham. Folks, I got to tell you, for a pastor who sits for most of the day, that lives practically at sea level, You put him up there at 13,000 feet. The oxygen is so thin up there, and you're gasping for air. And I got to tell you, there were times where I felt I just need to turn around. I'm not cut out for this anymore. (laughs) Maybe 15 years ago, I would have been fine, but man, I'm exhausted. I can't take another step. But man, you're at fourteen, you're at thirteen five. And you're thinking, I'm so close. I had this attitude. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I have a goal, and my attitude was never say never. And so I'd go a few hundred yards and I'd have to stop up against a boulder. Just trying to get my breath. I'd pull out a granola bar and see if that would help any. Down some water. Man, where are those little uh, energy bars, right? I have to admit, I had, a, I had a moment where I thought, does this have caffeine? Because I need some energy. <laughs> but my attitude was, I'm not going to give up. And guess what? I made it to the top. And I got to tell you, the view from the top of Wyndham is one of the most beautiful views you'll ever see as you get to see off into the distance and all you see is mountain range after mountain range after mountain range and the wind is blowing in your hair and all of a sudden you don't feel tired anymore. But you know what? There were times where I felt like giving up. There are times that we feel like giving up, but it's important to have a goal. It's important to have the right kind of attitude that says I'm not going to give up. One of the things that I love to do, you're going to think I'm weird, but one of my greatest joys is flying. You know, I'm not a pilot, but I love to fly. Uh, Just the thought of getting in an airplane and going up there is exciting to me. And I know that some of you here don't like to fly. I know that some of you here are afraid of flying and you think, man, if I can stay away from a plane, I'll rather drive than fly. So for those of you that feel that way, what I'm about to say, well, I've gone from weird to just outright crazy. Because one of the things that I love, one of the things that brings me the most joy, the most excitement in life is to take off on a plane in inclement weather. I just enjoy it. I've never shared this with Heather, by the way. But when it's raining and it's stormy outside, I always say, babe, can I have the window seat? Because I love it. Because there you are sitting on the runway, right? And it's beating down. I mean, you can feel the rain hitting the side of the airplane. And you can hear those engines roaring behind you. And you know when the pilot's just about to take off. And you know that when those engines start roaring that pilot has already set a goal. And that goal is whatever elevation, whatever altitude, he's been told it is smooth sailing up there. And so he has set that goal. And when you hear that throttle go forward and you hear those engines roaring and that plane is just being propelled down that runway, I get so excited as that plane is just, you feel it shaking, right? Anybody ever experienced this? You feel it shaking down the runway. And then all of a sudden that front tire comes off and it feels like the back end just kind of gave out. And it's smooth for just a few seconds as that plane starts to climb. But as soon as it hits the clouds, you feel the turbulence. And you feel that plane going back and forth. And sometimes it dips and you feel it in the gut of your stomach if it goes down a little too far. But the nose of that plane is pointed upward. And it is going somewhere. It has a goal. And that pilot is determined. And there's nothing that's going to stop him now. And so you're in that storm. And it's, you know, turbulent. It's going back and forth. It's rocking. And then all of a sudden, before you even know it, that plane just breaks through. And everything calms down. The sun just fills the cabin of that airplane. And you look outside that window and you feel, I feel, that I can just walk on clouds. It's such a good experience. I get excited just thinking about it. But you know what? That pilot had a goal. That pilot was determined. That pilot had the right Attitude because once he says it's a green light, there's no turning back. You gotta go. And friends, in life, there are times when we lose focus, there are times when we need to refocus. And there are times in life, maybe today is the time where you need to go back home and you need to jot down on a piece of paper, what are my goals? What is it that I want to accomplish in my relationships, in my spiritual journey at work? What are the things that I want to accomplish? And then you need to put your hand on that paper and you need to say, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, give me the right attitude. To accomplish these God-given goals that you have just given me. And folks, there are times where you will feel like giving up. There will be times when you feel like just turning away and saying, you know, enough's enough. You know, I've given it enough. I've called enough. You know, I've tried enough. And 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 she still doesn't respect me. You know, I've given, I've given my all. And my children don't still don't listen. You know, I've given it my all and I still haven't gotten that promotion. You know, I've given it all. I've been praying and, and I've been studying the Bible for the last two months and I still don't feel like a breakthrough. Listen, in times like that, you have to have the right attitude. You have to have the attitude that says, I am not going to give up. I am going to press on. Just like Paul says, I have I, I run the race with endurance. And I will not give up. I will press on. Even in the storms of life, it doesn't matter what life throws my way. I'm going to keep on pressing on. Because I need to stay focused on Jesus Christ. Goals, attitude. It's so important. You know, last night, um, Mike gave a wonderful uh, message um, at the Way. And he read a poem at the end. And uh, at the end, I I went up. I didn't even ask him, I just took it from him. (laughs) And I put it down on the pew. Next thing I know, he took it back. I said, no, 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 no. Buddy, I need this poem. I need to read this. And so I want to read this to you. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. You see, as Christians, we've lost focus. We need to set goals. And we need to have the right attitude. I am a part of a fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotion, plautus, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops. Recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, learn by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My guide is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in a maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, give up, let up, or shut up until I've preached up, Prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click the sermon audio link.